Hello and welcome to Hockey Development Talk. Today I am with Steve Turner. Good morning, Steve. Morning. Uh, so Steve works for England Hockey. He's a relationship manager. And today we're going to chat about his role and some successes and challenges that he has within that role. So, uh, Steve, do you want to introduce yourself and the role that you have uh, with the location? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I'm relationship manager for London, Middlesex and Hertfordshire. Uh, it's about 90 clubs in that area. Um, uh, it's uh, it's the the whole of, of London um, London clubs, but it's with Middlesex as well as a few clubs that sit outside of, of London that cover um, Middlesex. And then uh, when we had a bit of a restructure a couple of years ago, I picked up Hertfordshire, which is um, offers a new challenge to me because it's a bit of a different uh, set of clubs to the, to the ones I was working with in, in London. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 90 clubs um, is fairly large <laughs> amount of clubs to try and engage with and, and look after. So obviously that in itself must present uh, enough challenges, never mind the, uh, the the transport in and around the, the city and getting to and from uh, other counties as well. So f- for you, your role um, is slightly different to mine. I just go in a car and travel up the A1. <laughs> You're obviously definitely, going, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yours is obviously trains and more trains and a few other bits probably at the top so yeah and uh it's, it's quite an interesting one because you certainly found over the years when you're planning planning things planning uh workshops or forums or things um you know if you put it one side of the river or the other or um you know in certain parts of london then then it's much harder to get get to and you, you get some change in the numbers that turn up so um, just just that that logistics around you know travel time as opposed to travel distance and how people are going to get there um, whether it's public transport or accessible or not and, and the like is um, is quite critical to, to look at um, and uh, yeah we've had some interesting discussions internally about locations for things over the years as well thinking about that so it's um yeah it's quite quite an interesting one interestingly out of those those 90 clubs it's quite a few clubs that are yeah, groups of friends that have set up one one or two team clubs so, mm. so there's some really big clubs but there's also some very small um, small clubs who are you know happy just playing as, as a group of friends so so you get the full um, the full range really as well which is in some ways is is pretty good as well because it, it's all presenting itself uh for you different challenges but also if we look at different ways to play and stuff like that when we touch on that later then you know those groups of friends probably just rocking up playing you know playing some training or doing whatever else so that it, it people may see it as a negative but you know from our point of view we're seeing that as a as a fairly positive thing to to have in in the sport um cool the the landscape then the development um of hockey within your patch must have changed considerably over over time you know London 2012 and it's it's ripple effect and and then also recently hosting the World Cup so what what's the what sort of like things have you seen over over time of you being in in the role um to to the development of today I'm, I'm a sh- participation rates increase that sort of stuff you know yeah we've seen we've seen fantastic increases in London really I think um going back kind of before I was in the role so just going back in my my time and my knowledge in in London obviously initially most people who played who lived in london but played hockey would have had to have gone to the the fringes or gone gone further out and then with the establishment of more and more clubs in in the more central parts of london that's 
that's brought about a lot of growth. And then a lot of those clubs, you know, as I say, started as groups of friends and have now added junior sections as people maybe don't move out quite as far when they have kids or or also working with the local communities. Um, there's been uh, fantastic growth in, in juniors. So just, just a kind of a top line figure, but we've seen about 125% change in, in juniors in London over the last seven or eight years. And um, and a lot of that is, is going from a baseline of zero of, as clubs have, have added and, and created junior sections so, and, and then seen the jump in that. Um, but equally the ones that had junior sections have, um, have seen significant growth as well. Wow. So, um, yeah, from that perspective, I think also, you know, uh, kind of recent grads who moved to London to work probably wouldn't have played or, or would have considered not playing because of having to travel further out at weekends to play. But but now the, there's more more and more clubs accessible where they live. So um, so seeing an increase there as well, and okay. particularly on the women, women's side after Rio. You know the, the kind of back to hockey whereas i think around the country the back to hockey had quite an impact kind of on on women who maybe have had kids and then come back to play but i think in london it had a really impact on those that played at school mm. um and then moved to london to work and then got got back into the sport so okay yeah qu- quite some significant growth there yeah so the you know you said it was ballpark figure of a 125 percent in junior increase like with your role as a relationship manager how have how have you supported clubs with that? So I think later on we'll talk about different clubs and successes and stuff like that. But, you know, within your role, how have you sort of helped with any of that junior increase? Is there anything that you've specifically done to sort of support clubs with that? Yeah, I think um, for a while we, we, London, because of um, the affiliation of, of clubs to, to counties, um, London missed out a lot on on um, coach uh, development support mm-hmm. really and so by by kind of pulling that all together and finding you know, really tabling the demand um pulling that together we've managed to deliver a lot more workshops and and um, courses in in london to help um, develop coaches and and to take on that support um equally i think through um working with clubs to i to make them most out of their facilities. I mean, we'll come on to, to discuss facilities, but it is a, a significant challenge in London. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's just no land for anything. So, so asking for a, a hockey pitch size uh, blob where you can't put a house is um, <laughs> is quite a challenge. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so just working with the clubs there to, to kind of maximise the the facilities that they've got, but equally, you know, identify. And get access to other other facilities that, that maybe traditionally weren't weren't accessible. Mm. Um, it's been really positive, um, and yeah, and as I say, get, getting more and more people um, supported through coaching has helped. Yeah, um, I think also the the London Youth Games okay. um, has had a has had a positive impact and and helped um, offer more opportunities to to kids who maybe. Um, were considerers but but have been able to link up to clubs and like yeah yeah which that you know that's a positive thing i mean school games and youth games in and around different regions are some successful some not so successful but i think it's it's just a matter of just trying to just plug along and try and 
even if you can get one or two from each event, you know, we're, we're still seeing some kind of success. So that that's great. Well, you know, it's great. But I mean, in your patch to see such a, a huge increase in junior numbers, granted, you know, like you said, the baseline figure may have been zero for some clubs, but, you know, they've still got to set up a junior section. You still not need volunteers to come in and sort of develop that. So that's, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, definitely. I think, um, Locations obviously plays a, a significant yeah. role, but but some of the volunteers have been fantastic in, you know, setting things up and and a lot of clubs you know got started and then it, you know it, it snowballed and 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 it, they had to take a step back and, and reorganise a bit and they've done really well at that and you know we have clubs with 100 200 you know volunteers that are helping you know organise that that whole program so yeah. Um, you know, to, to be able to inspire all those to get involved and, and help out and manage or coach or be a helper or um, whatever it takes really to, to get those, those, those kids playing. Okay, so let's, let's talk about, initially, let's talk about some successes in the area. So um, we might as well start with uh, what, you know, the first success possibly around um, growth. So junior growth and, and what this club does. So when we were talking off air, you mentioned about Wimbledon. So do you want to have a quick chat about what they're doing with juniors and what they're offering there with their quick sticks program? Yeah. So um, Wimbledon's a, an example of, of both location and, and, and good volunteers. And, um, you know, that's that Southwest London area is obviously a bit of a hotbed with clubs like Servant. Um, and Wimbledon Wayfarers, Spencer, and, and the like, um, have all seen have all seen good growth. But Wimbledon have really, um, you know, embraced that, and they they offer um, a whole range of activities for for juniors at, at different different ages and different um, experience levels. So, you know, using the facilities they've got, uh, whether that's various pitches around the area or or their own um, their own, they've got some some tennis courts there. Um, link to the tennis club and they use those and they, they offer um, quick sticks activity for, for the for the youngsters um, and you know it's just it's just introducing them to the club and um, and offering something on site using the facilities that they've got really um, and they've, they've seen advantages in that and, and through the growth and, and you know facility limitations there they've um, they've been able to offer those that that uh, can't quite they can't quite get into to um, their standard program they offer uh, you know activities now community activities and I think there's been a few clubs that have done this but they offer a community activity for those to, to kind of turn up and, and play on a, on a Friday evening and um, to allow as you know as many to, to experience the sport even if um, the kind of standard groups it's, it's a struggle to get them in because of the mm. facility capacity. So is that a traditional coaching session? Is it a, a small-sided games evening? Is it a bit of a mixture? Do you know what, what it's? It's it? a bit of a mixture. It's a bit of a mixture, really. Um, yeah. I think more weighted on the on the the game side, but um, but a bit of a mixture, um, just to offer them, um, you know, some activity. Uh, and uh, yeah, it seems to have gone gone well. I, I know um, a number of clubs that got to the stage where Sundays. You know, Sunday morning, the traditional Sunday morning was no longer feasible. All across the country have expanded, but I think they've had to be even more flexible in, in London and, and offering things midweek. Um, yeah. Both in some elements, you know, extra hockey, but but often it's additional hockey. Yeah. And that might be using the summer as a third term for those that, that can play in, um, 
the the the, the autumn or the or the um, winter um, or uh, or you know, midweek activity. Some other clubs that have done that well, uh, Hampstead Westminster worked really well with their their facility provider to to offer some stuff earlier in the evening um, to 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 juniors as they were increasing and and um, a number of clubs. Um, offer now for that, that additional summer term to a to a different set of of um, participants. Yeah, no, that's good. Cool. Going back to to Wimbledon, what what sort of age group is that open to? Does it does it have a specific like you can only be this age, or is it just open to to any under X's? There's groups, but yeah, but ultimately it's open to to all. They, Wimbledon have um, we've got a few actually that are really branching out into outreach yeah. in, in local schools and. Um, and there's been a, a lot of success with the, the primary schools in Merton. Um, and so that's drawing in um, more and more interest, both for, for Wimbledon Hockey Club, but also um, club in another part of the borough, Merton Hockey Club, who are yeah. um, now really their, their fledgling um, junior section has really seen, seen some growth from, some, from this outreach programme as well. Oh, that's Pretty good. I'm assuming all Wimbledon did was just find a time slot that the the pitch that they used was available, and right, we're going to put this on, and could we have some volunteers? And boom, off we go. And that, you know, it's, it sounds pretty simple, but I imagine there was still fairly, fairly substantial work to get done with that um, pitch costs stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty good though. I mean, that's pretty good that that's helping them sort of as a have a stepping stone into the club in some respects so you know you can either carry on doing this program or if we feel you're good enough let's bring you into the club program if you want to i suppose which is hey sa it's pretty good isn't it yeah <laughs> helping, no, it's, helping no, out it's fantastic sports. so that's, yeah, I think that's really exactly, good you know exactly. keeping people keen to play and it's uh, these kids on a sunday may go and play rugby they may go and play football may go and go and play racket sports but we're, we're giving them an option on a this one a Friday night to to come along. What's do you know roughly? Is it early evening? So it's like not too late for kids and stuff. I'd, you might not know, but I just you know. yeah. I think it's I think it's early evening. I'm not I'm not. Um, yeah, I can't imagine it's like eight till ten for for some. For, you know, roughly I must I imagine it's like six seven ish, wouldn't it? You know, six thirty or something like that. So, but that's no, good. Just give, gives some people good good thoughts to to do. Um, the I know that what, um, kind of built onto that. Um, uh, certainly a few clubs have done kind of a volunteers session a little bit later yeah. on that Friday. Right. Um, if you're looking for something to do, you know, to, to kind of fill an evening's worth of, of activity on that pitch, uh, they've done like a volunteers. So those that can't play at the weekends because they're engaged with the ki- you know the kids' programs, yeah, um, get to have a you know a, a game on a um, Friday evening. So okay. using using the facilities to their max. Yeah, that's that. Uh, yeah. And that's that's ultimately what we need to do, you know, different things, different evenings, different times, to you know, fill that pitch up with as much activity as possible to make it viable. And for you, that's probably uh, something that has to happen more often, you know, with with your area that it is. You know, you've got a pitch. <laughs> you've probably had a battle to get the pitch because it could have been houses. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a matter of using that space as wisely as possible, which, you know, Wimbledon definitely are there. And I know that some other clubs that you've mentioned. So that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's great. For, um, for most clubs in, in London, it's, it, you know, not having their own facilities. It's not about revenue generation for the facility. It's more 
if if you become the primary booker and yeah. show to the you know show can form a good relationship with the facility managers that you know your your um, can offer um, a wide range of activities and um, you know take up as much time for their for their bookings as possible then you become the primary booker and it, it helps when you know discussions about re resurfacing and the, the surface type but also you know, yeah um, enables you to maybe push for from the the kind of the slots that you need for your adult section as well okay now yeah this that's slightly different isn't it that to, to other areas i suppose where we are just trying to you know fill the facility you're trying they're trying to fill the facility to be the primary booker so that they there was another things happening for them so similar i suppose in an effective that we don't want they didn't want to have football on it they didn't want to have rugby on it they want us to you know that club just wants to be hockey on it so fine absolutely fine good way of trying to get around it so um next one to talk about was uh burnt ash who offer this different ways to play and um not necessarily as well on a on an astro from what you were saying earlier. yeah do you want to have a quick chat around what they do and what yeah so do? so what burnt ash have done is um they they've utilized their um grass pitches at, at the clubhouse quite well and some of their younger um, introductory stuff takes place on the grass pitches they also um, uh, so that you know they, they have limited access to facilities and, and actually Bexley is a is a borough that we're really struggling with facility wise um, with you know it's a that Kent corner of, of London is, is football dominant yeah. and um, and a number of schools have converted pitches to 3G. And so trying to get enough access, particularly on Sundays, has been has been a real challenge. So they, they've kind of, they've used the, the grass pitches well to um, as an introductory level, but but also they've um, they've made sure they offer something to the parents that bring them along as well. So so that that runs alongside. So whether it's kind of the I suppose it's a bit of a cross between back to hockey and rush hockey, but it's you know it's it's offering um, a bit of a small sided games and stuff for, for the parents to, to have a run around as well, and so they managed to build that in, and that helps identify volunteers, but it equally brings a few members into the adult section as well. Yeah. Um, and they've you know they've they've um, run their own leagues and um, some of that on on some grass some more grass activity there, but also. Um, sand activity just to keep people um engaged within the club as well which has, has been positive and i think they were one of the first i heard that did you know quite a, kind of an annual bring a friend day so it was just built into the program so it was for the kids to bring a friend along and um i've seen you know quite quite significant growth really over the last um last few years through just various initiatives to just encourage the local community it is a challenging area because uh, housing prices um particularly in some of the those types of boroughs in London have meant that there's not much movement, not many people moving into that area. So right. Um, so those twenty to thirty year olds just aren't there. So it's um, it's you know identifying other ways to to draw people into the club and, and they've been very successful in doing that. Okay. Maybe maybe they need to consider walking hockey. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that's definitely definitely one um, yeah, that that may maybe uh, may, may work quite well. <laughs> that was me saying that with tongue in cheek, Steve. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that. To be honest, again though, for the burnt ash, they've just thought outside the box. Yeah, they're yeah, lucky exactly. enough to have some grass pitches, but actually 
just because you don't own your own facility, just because you haven't got your own grass area, doesn't mean that you can't just hire some grass to do some basic stuff on, especially during the summertime. Um, and, you know, they've built that up. They've built that up. When, what interested me there, you said about that they've, they've started their own league. Is that their own inter-club league with each other? Yeah, so it's, yeah, inter-club and... Um... Wow. It's uh, yeah, and they you know they get they get various teams um, together and, and play in that so so that works quite yeah, well. Good. So that that's really good, so, yeah. really. So I mean, even in the rise this year, just you know being the the geek looking at the the um, stuff that I was looking through earlier, you know they've they've risen from around three fifty to four sixty. So you're looking at you know over a hundred new participants this year, and you think if that's from some of that, and you know, we talk about we need the top end of the facilities. Yes, we do for competition-wise, but they are thinking outside the box and using that grass facility to actually get them some some new juniors, some new back to hockey people, some new you know some new volunteers. It's 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 pretty cool, isn't it? Really, <laughs> to be honest, like there's not many yeah, clubs exactly. that would say we're still using some grass facilities, and we're certainly not saying we we should. But there's a they needed to do something, so whilst they can, they will. So, yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sure they'd love to have that on an Astro, and if they can, then they will. But you've already spoke about the facility challenge in that area, so they've just thought outside the box for now. So, cool. Did you help with any of that? Did you provide anything to? We've de- we've definitely supported some of the the um, back to hockey in the past and, and things yeah. like that. Um, just to kind of, uh, I suppose, take away the the risk a little bit in in hiring facilities. Um, Around the grass, that was very much um, you know, their own um, their own doing, and, and there's actually a, a vets grass league that runs in Kent, um, and uh, and so there's a number of clubs using using the grass um, mm. in that area for the vets, but I, I haven't had many you know delivering some of the junior stuff on there before. Okay. No, that's, that's good. That's good. Um, fine. So that that sort of covers different ways to play bits. Uh, I suppose the next one, we've spoke about this club previously actually on a, another podcast. So London Wayfarers with their umpire programme. I think people have got a bit of a feel about about that. But actually, they have to use multiple sites. So I think that's that's a really interesting way to, to look at stuff. So, you know, many clubs, certainly that I deal with, they, they want to try and use one facility, if two if max. But... Um, but actually with Wayfarers they're having to use considerable amount of sites to actually get yeah. all their activities on and obviously that's a challenge so do you want to talk through that that sort of challenge there yeah sure I'm sure um, I'm sure Marcel the chair would, would be quick to correct me but I think they go up to about nine different sites at, at one wow. point um, in, in an ideal world you know it, it would be best to consolidate over a mm-hmm. few more but, but they they're quite you know clever in how they do that um, educating um you know, parents around, uh, you know, new locations and where and where the, the play will be, um, but also identifying opportunities for the future and, and kind of um, taking a chance on a few sites to try and see the, the, the longer picture and hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with developments on the, on those sites, um, an extra pitch or two there and, and, a, and a future there. But, but um, yeah, spread around various sites and not all full-size pitches either. Some, some are um, smaller pitches that, we see quite a lot of junior usage in London, just just because you have to, and um, so not not just being confined to, to full size pitches, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and you know just having to manage it across all the different sites. I think that you know you know they've done a fantastic job in that, and and are determined every year to you know 
to, to get rid of the waiting list and get those kids playing um, however they can. And um, it's, again, you know, credit to, to the volunteers there who who find a way to get to get those kids involved yeah. um, and uh, and you know identifying you know say new pitches all the time and, and new new opportunities and and also you know trying to work with the, the other clubs in the area to make sure that it, it's not them taking over everything but it's mm-hmm. you know, it's working with them so some of the sites are used by by other clubs as well but by kind of working together getting a bit more of a a uh, footprint from from for hockey on those on, on those facilities. Yeah, which again is, it, I I would try and stress is a great thing to do. You know, if a club's already using a facility, and then you're not what you're wanting to use a facility in there within your patch, then great. You know, have a chat to them. When aren't they using it? And then can you then use it as well? Because again, if that facility can get more hockey onto it, we get, you know, it gets seen as a, oh hockey's being used here for more than one purpose and um, it's not about trying to steal each other's players but it's about offering stuff at different days and different times that may support each other do you know what I mean? so if they've juniors for one club is six till seven or a Sunday ten till twelve but you're offering yours on a different day a Saturday morning or a Friday evening or a Monday then that's fine but if you both advertise to say you've got opportunities to to come to these hockey activities that are here it's fine isn't it you know that site is getting it the sport is getting those people and we're trying to help each other out Uh, I like that you know that collaborative work there it starts at maybe just facilities but that might grow yeah Uh, definitely you know we go back to this umpire program that that um, you mentioned earlier, and and that's been collaborative as well. I mean, Wayfair did start it off, but there's a lot, there's quite a few clubs that are involved in that now, and yeah. that's come through collaboration and through us putting you know um, club forums together and them the, you know, clubs getting together and discussing the, these opportunities. I think um, you know I said earlier, Hertfordshire gives me a, a different picture really, and in London we have quite a few sites where there's you know three, four, five clubs all using the same the same pitches and. Um, yeah. It's quite a different picture to to a lot of the country I know where um, where a club has a pitch or you know a club uses a site and, and the next club's a few miles away and it's very distinct but um, but we do get that overlap yeah. quite a lot in London so so it presents you know more Challenge. relationship challenges mm, for sure for sure you mentioned there about the multiple sites nine ish you know I'm sure Marcel as you said will will correct us at some point um, but like what's the distance do you know roughly like how is is it widespread across certain areas or are they quite close anyway they're um i suppose yeah i mean you know compared to cumbria they're, they're pretty close together yeah. but, <laughs> but um travel time you know you can have it to about an hour between between wow. the pitches i suppose depending wow. on on um uh, on what traffic's like, or with which lines running, yeah. um, but um, but yeah, there's there's quite a bit of travel distance between them at their at their extremities. Most are based all around kind of Wandsworth, Lambeth area, but um, but there's a few on the on the out, outskirts of that. That presents its own challenge, though, mate. Really, doesn't it? Let's be honest with you. You've got to be committed if you're going to travel a bit <laughs> to get to your pitch. Yeah, you know, we, we talk uh, about training. Oh, it's twenty minutes down the road. You know. I'm, oh, I'm not sure you know we talk about junior for me a lot Mike we're talking about juniors not or parents not wanting to travel that, that far and you think it's only 15-20 minutes yeah. Yeah. But, but actually you're talking there about a good hour that's 
that's some commitment yeah, there I, from anyone. I, I would doubt that, that anyone actually travels that distance, but if you were to go from one pitch to the other, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, you'd probably take you know, something around that. But, but yeah, it's um, it's a lot of commitment um, needed, and, and I think you know we come back to a lot in sport, you know, the the role that the parents and guardians playing in supporting that, that junior activity and you know helping um, kids get there and i think that's where we've seen clubs that do have access to to facilities that aren't good public transport links um, mm. in london see the benefit of, of that as well okay. and whether that's you know whether it's uh, young people moving to the area or whether it's you know juniors um that accessibility is, is often critical as well Mm-hmm. So, in your relationship role then with Wayfarers, what sort of support has been available for, through you? Obviously, just obviously meetings, forums, stuff like that. Have you have you supported them in any other way? Because obviously, it is a fair bit of challenge that. So, yeah, just I mean, yeah, quite a few forums and meetings and and the like. But but we've um, you know we've had um, done some work with local authorities to try and kind of push their their um, priorities on onto the the, um, the local authorities and make sure okay. that the local authorities are aware of the position they're in and and like so that um, so they can understand that better. There's a uh, the kind of the playing pitch strategy um, process has been quite critical in in this part of London and not just for Wayfarers but for a number of clubs in that in that area. You know, we're um, continuously trying to push um hockey's requirements and, and and make sure that the local authorities are aware of of the growth that we're seeing and the, and the kind of latent demand that's that's there and, and what we can deliver if we can get more facilities or, or better access to facilities so um, oh, that's good that's good so it's continuing to to build the relationship not just just between you and the club but you and other organizations so that there's that the loops kind of all linked so, yeah i think yeah Generally, I mean, we've had we've had good relations with the with the football foundation and the, and the FA and the RFU and, and ECB and the like, and, and I think that's critical as well in that um, they're they're very aware of the the challenges that that we face. We're aware of their challenges, and, and we can kind of as sport work together a little bit to to get the most out of, of facility opportunities. It doesn't always work that way, and you know the the, the sports with more money, obviously. Um, uh, in general, get yeah, a bit more success in there, but but we've we've won some some good battles there where um, you know might might have lost a pitch or, or wouldn't have been the surface that we'd want, and, and we managed yeah. to secure. Well, that's good, it's good, mate. I like it. I like it. That's good work. Good work. Um, okay, so that ticks off. A bit of wayfarers. Um, next one would be East East London. I mean this. This year, I like the idea of this. They've they've basically set up their own local league to, to get over challenges that they had with with playing. So, do you want to talk us through that one? Yeah. So it came about basically. Uh, East London had seen some significant growth. I mean, um, to, particularly around the city, and you know, Canary Wharf and people moving in into there for work um, was where it initially came from. But it's it's not just that. You know, there's a number of universities in that area, and there's you know, there's quite a lot of of activity hockey wise whopping have um, seen significant growth over the, the last few years as well you know in that area mm-hmm. um, and East London got to a stage where they just had too much interest from from um, women basically and um, and so uh, 
they they couldn't put any more teams into the, the local Essex League, so they um, they approached us and a few other clubs and um, set up a, a, a league. Um, heavily reduced um, regulations in that there were a few few days you could play on, ideally Saturdays, but a few days you could play on if you couldn't get the facilities. Um, one of the stipulations was that it ideally needed to be accessible via public transport wherever you're going to play. Um, just making making it easier for everyone involved. Um, but uh, if you needed a few players from other teams to make up a team, then you could. If you only had you know, eight nine players, then you could play a you know a smaller smaller version. Um, quite flexible really, just to get um, that kind of back to hockey group or beginners, in fact, um, who were coming to the sport post Rio success to. Um, well, post London, post Rio, success to to kind of be able to to play, mm. um, and uh, and that's gone well, and, and quite a few clubs have, have been involved in that, and um, uh, they also do do it as a, a split league, so it runs September to December, and then that's a new league afterwards. So if you if you're unsure and you want to get a feel for whether you're going to have enough, you can wait till January, or if you you're struggling and it's not quite working out, you can always drop out of December and not do the second half or, or put an extra team in maybe in, in the second half. So so that flexibility and the locality of it has, has worked really well. That's good. Um, and it's enabled um, East London to, to offer more more activity, mm. um, but also it's helped other clubs out as well, which is which is great to see. Yeah, the yeah, competitive element um, was, yeah, we nature for us as the people that quite want to get involved and want to play a little bit competition is kind of something that everybody wants you know we we talk about that quite a lot with kids and making sure there's a competition element to something even if it's just a festival of some kind but yeah. actually with that back to hockey group there all these people returning to the sport it is probably something that they want and it is possibly the reason why some people do give the sport up because we can't play a saturday or a sunday but we could play x here and to get that game in there is is great. So that flexibility of doesn't matter the number, doesn't really matter if you're borrowing a few players either. They're just putting on a, they're making sure that the barriers aren't there to stop stop a team playing a game, which is again what we want at that sort of level, isn't it? You know, we're not yeah, we're not definitely. talking national league, we're not talking international That's hockey. Okay. We're just talking some participation games of get getting people in. Win, lose, a draw. There's a drink at the end. There's some food and happy days. So, quite like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and you know that as you as you said that the club identified that there were a group that were training but but wanted to play games mm-hmm. and um, that op- opportunity wasn't there. And, um, and Essex were supportive. Essex organisation was supportive. You know that you know they couldn't they couldn't um, accommodate them, but but were supportive in the league being set up and. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's seen um, it's seen a lot of interest, which has been really positive. Mm. That's good. It is, that's really good, really, and, it, and it's good that um, that they they were willing to organise that because putting on a local league and obtaining all the information, making sure it could happen there, they'd have to have done some work with others clubs to make sure that they were happy. Do you, do you know how many other clubs take part in it? Do you roughly? Um, it's about seven or eight, I think. Um, I was to say because of the the kind of split league nature, yeah. it, it fluctuates. But um, but yeah, um, there's been there's been a few that have been in and, and been out or, or yeah. have come back in. So yeah, no, it's, I think it's you know spread to to kind of 
for the West London as well as, as just East mm. London. No, I mean, London, so it's been good. just having all that flexibility, yes, it does create problems. So I'm sure the person that tries to put it all together and stuff like that, or the group that do, it probably does create a problem, but it, it, it can't be that much of an issue us that wouldn't offer it. So there, there must be a way of them getting around it. Yes, it's not X amount of the leagues. We're just talking about two different split leagues and done. So we're not talking about a whole county or anything like that. But it could be 100-odd teams. We're talking, you know, eight-odd clubs taking part here, which is fine. But it, it's a really good way of getting people into some competition element of the game. And it's keeping them active. It's keeping them in. And it probably fits the need for three or four people per team who can't play at a weekend get a bit frustrated but this is their opportunity to get out there and have that competition element so cool yeah like definitely it. i think um you know that as you build in that flexibility around when games can be played it obviously causes problems of course it does. Ch- challenges for, for you know those organizing the games um booking the pitches and the like um and and it's having that kind of you know, it's where the line is around flexibility and the more administrative challenge. But um, but the those that have been involved have, have been really positive around it and um, and been quite flexible and you know and accepting when when various teams can play. So some just don't have any more capacity on a Saturday. So a Friday night or a Sunday works better. Um, for others, you know, they do have Saturday capacity and, and that fits in well with with everyone. So so yeah, just having that and. Um, it's been it's been um, quite uh, quite positive really. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. Okay. Um, I suppose there are any any other good sort of stories to to talk around. Good work that's going on in the area. I think um, you know there's a, there's a number of clubs that that you know continue to offer a wide range of things. An interesting one that that, um, that I've done some work with is, is Winchmore Hill and Enfield, who. Um, <laughs> Again, coming back to kind of the, the Bexley story, just in an area where it's really challenging to to attract the kind of twenty to thirty year olds, but they've um, they've seen quite a lot of growth in their juniors, and they've just tried so many different things just to engage with local people, and they're really starting to see, um, you know, a, a lot more support, both kind of drawing people, existing members into the the committee to help organise things, but also you attracting more and more players um just by you know trying to kind of corner that that area of being a really fun club to be at and you know so offering um you know offering they've got a at their clubhouse they've got a kind of a multi-games use area which um which uh they they offer some like social turn up and play stuff on um which you know has helped their you know, they um look to put you know festivals on their they're in local f- fairs they um they really engage in that local community quite well and come up with um new activities some some of which are kind of england hockey's you know hockey fest and the like but but also coming up with their own different activities and different ways of marketing the club and very active on social media and really trying to make the most of some of the challenges their area to, to get engagement and, and to build a, a group of people that, that want to drive that club forward and um, it's been very positive um starting from quite a small base they um they were you know struggling and they, they've um seen to say some really good junior growth and and they've started to see a few adults come in as well so it's, it's really positive no that's good that's good it's all helping get more people in whether that be a volunteer whether that be a coach, an umpire, a young player, an adult player, 
eventually. You know, everything they're doing there is is really supporting the game to go forward, which is which is brilliant. So lots of different opportunities to to sort of get involved in the game, which is I think really good. I think your area's wide range there with with the multi sites play the the local leagues the quick stick sort of stuff the introductory loads of different stuff that again people just don't don't associate with that they just you know they just sort of you just think the traditional game which is which is brilliant um i think the the biggest thing to finish on would be around the challenges obviously there's you were talking to me earlier about two specific challenges a facilities which we brought up a little bit and b uh, house pricing so do you want to talk about those challenges and how you you're sort of trying to work with clubs on those so yeah so um i mean facilities continues to be a major a major challenge and um and so it's that it's that flexibility around how how we use them how we get access we're you know continuously trying to identify mm-hmm. Um, any existing pitches or any opportunities for new pitches. It's it's an interesting one because, as I say, seeing Hertfordshire, where um, Hertfordshire the, the tends to be the they identify the land, but it, but it's then you know the challenges around the funding to to build the pitch. Yeah. Um, in London, ultimately the the clubs have got the the numbers coming through that that probably finding the, the funding, whether it's through financing or, or however. Um, is possible, but identifying the land is a real challenge. Um, so, so new pitches, new pitches are hard. So, it really is maximising what we've got. What you've got, which is what you were talking about earlier with Wayfarers. What you were talking about with Burnt Ash. How Burnt Ash not got an Astro for some activities, so we're just using the grass facilities, which is again, it's not ideal, but you're able to keep reporting back. Look, we've got these activities here that are going on on a grass pitch that you know we we would prefer it to be on an astro of course we would but at the moment that's just not possible so wayfarers are using ridiculous amount of sites there to to try and maximize uh their offer to stop having a waiting list rather than just going yeah we just have a waiting list because ultimately we'll probably lose them from the sport um, exactly. or a number exactly. of them anyway so i think that's i think that's good 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 chat around that um House pricing then? How does that? Yeah, so that, so it's just it, it just the house pricing determines the kind of movement of people and and who who you get in in those areas. And I think that's just changed over the years. And and the clubs that are really seeing success are the ones that are adapting to that and offering a wider range of activities to, to kind of meet the demands. So it's kind of house pricing and, and kind of people's behaviour. But um, I think the what we tend to see is that those on, on the kind of committee are the ones who are really committed and they tend to really really be committed to kind of the tr- more traditional model of train and, and play on Saturdays and yeah. uh, and what we've seen where the, where the clubs have seen success is where a few people have kind of branched out into other activities you know, more, more midweek activities or more flexible activity um, and then they've seen they've seen the growth from that because um, there is, you know, a, a large market for for consumption of the sport um, away from just Saturday league hockey, or you know, and uh, and the clubs that have, have done that have, have seen significant um, mm. a significant impact, um, and it's it's I think it's identifying the people who are going to kind of instigate that and then and then support it really, which is the challenge for a lot of clubs. But it, it you know it comes back to kind of maximising that that pitch space really and, and offering other things. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this is where it's it's really interesting for me working within the team. Uh, obviously, your challenges and your the way that you're trying to overcome them is 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 different to mine. Um, and it's really interesting because then we can sit down and we can we can talk about things. And I go, well, this is working for me. And you know, ultimately, 50, 60, 70 percent of that stuff can't work for you because of the stuff that's such as that. You know, I I, I just haven't. Got, I've got some challenges around facilities, but I haven't got like the, there isn't this. I can't put a pitch down because there is there isn't. You haven't got space a lot of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So you got the housing infrastructure. So it is really it is it is uh it's good. It's always good to catch up and try and share and bounce off some ideas. But we're, uh, it's just the way that we can need to interact with our clubs is is different. Um, that's yeah, it. But it also helps other people now understand that. Um, so that's good. The future for me here. What future. the future for you? Uh, your clubs. You know how. What's what? What are you sort of going to be working on in the next sort of twelve to eighteen months of these clubs to move forward? Because we don't want to stay stale. We don't want to see th- stuff happening. So, um, you know, where where do you where do you see your work coming at the moment going? What what do you see you working on? I think um, I think coaching is a, a critical one in that uh, you know coaching and facilitating because. Um, Compared to the, I suppose the population, mm. the the number of um, people available to do coaching, particularly you know club school link stuff or you know after school club activity or um, that kind of outreach activity that that um, is is quite critical is 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 a, is a significant challenge and then just because of you know salary to to cost of living. That, that's possible with coaching so so the more and more opportunities there are to professionalize people to to take on coaching as a as an activity really um opens the door for more more and more um more and more activity really in, in schools mm. um and so i think being able to pull more programs together in that area um is is positive and, and as Certainly in the southwest London, we're starting to see more and more outreach, um, and, and and that's spreading particularly around the work done local to Lee Valley as well. We've seen more of that you know, group of coaches coming together to to do more activity uh, in schools. So that that kind of area is has always been a challenge in London, and we often have the demand from schools, but it's it's getting people to do to do the delivery. Yeah. Um, is, is quite challenging. So the more scalable that can be, the more potential there is for people to do that That's professionally. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so working on a bit of that, I think the facilities-wise will, will continue to be a challenge and we just have to identify opportunities and, and, and go for it. And, and we've done quite a bit of strategic planning around you know, knowing priority areas where we, we need pitches, but there's a little bit of a butter, butterfly effect in that, you know, you gain a pitch or you lose a pitch somewhere and then suddenly 10 clubs rearrange their whole activity. And so, um, you know, it's, it's, it is very challenging to, to be strategic in that area, but we do try to be as much as possible. Um, and, um, and I suppose the, the third one is really this, this kind of, it's still, it's, you know, it's, Taking a chance on, on other ways to play the the game, and mm. um, a few years ago, PHC Chiswick in in um, Ealing 
they changed a little bit their structure for training because they were seeing a bit of a decline in, in males coming to training and so they offered kind of an option where you could go to kind of small sided games or you could go to more structured training and, and suddenly you know they saw a lot of people returning back to training so it's just taking a chance on other ways of, of offering the sport yeah. to um, to members and, and non-members um, uh, yeah. it's quite a challenge so um so yeah so a few a few things really around around that i think you know if we can continue to offer localized activity that's a bit more flexible um that that you know will continue to draw people into the sport um and just having a bit more bit more standardization about what the offer is i think it's quite challenging for clubs unless you hear about it from someone you know it's it's hard to find out where the festivals are going on or or you know what's the best competition for you to enter what are the rules and regs for that competition you know so just having a bit of standardization around where clubs can find those competitions and select which ones to enter and um as the particularly in the junior area where that continues to grow yeah um, sounds like you're gonna be busy pal if i was honest yeah. <laughs> doesn't stop doesn't stop doesn't stop in in your world which is which is great look this has been for me again it's just to just get a, a greater understanding of hockey in different regions um dot hockey uh challenges successes that uh, are imposed um for you, um, your role gives it gives people an idea about what your role is and, and how you work within that. So it's, it's been great. Contact details. Um, what's your what's your work email? Anyone that's in it's, your uh, yeah yeah pop pop me an email at time. So it's uh, it's Steve Turner at EnglandHockey.co.uk. Cool. Um, that's great. On, uh, Twitter at it's uh, at eh London. Right. So people have got no reason now not to get in touch with you if they're in your exactly, patch. Exactly. And, uh, they would like a little bit of help or to require some information. So, Steve, it's been it's been great. Hopefully, this uh, this will help people around the around the whole country really just understand what hockey is like in in your patch and successes, challenges, any queries they can as ever fire them away. Um, but again, it just gives us a different dimension of what's what's going on. So yeah, thanks for your time. Definitely. No, it's been great. Thanks. Cheers, uh, it's great listening to the um, listen to the podcast and, yeah. and equally for equally for guys in um you know in 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 my patch to hear what's going on in the wider yeah. wider country. So um, no, it's great. That's, Keep that's, up the good work. Keep up the good work. I'll try. I've got got it. Got to get all my work done. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll catch up soon. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.